It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So tonight we're going to continue in the book of Exodus. We'll be in chapter 30. Uh, we're going to look at the f- verses 1 through 10 uh, this week, uh, verses 1 through 10, 34 to 38, and then the middle section of the, ver- of the chapter uh, will finish next, su- well, not next Sunday, but the following uh, Sunday. So next week is Communion Sunday. So the priests, you know, have ordained, you know, everything uh, in, in the tabernacle, and here we are at this point in, in Exodus, God gave instructions for the building of the tabernacle so, so that he could dwell uh, with his people. God's love is so great, and he desires to be with his people. Amen? God desires to have communion with his people. And all the pieces that we've learned about so far in the tabernacle represented something. They had to do with the intimate relationship between the Lord and his people. Again, God wants a relationship. God loves his people. And in Exodus 30, we will learn about the last two pieces of furniture in the tabernacle. It will be the altar of incense and the laver. Again, most of us, uh, if not all of us, are probably familiar that the scripture tells us that incense, uh, rising incense, is symbolic of prayer. That's, and, and prayer, as Pastor started a series last week, He said uh, a basic definition he read to us was having communication with God, right? Having communion with God, having fellowship with the Lord. And prayer is the exclusive pattern for the believer to intimacy with God. And we're also told in Scripture that if we pray anything according to God's will, God will do it. So I've titled tonight's message, Belonging to God, Part 1, Sweet Prayer. So, Belonging to God, Part 1, Sweet Prayer. I would ask if you would join me by standing in honor of reading God's Word. We'll open in prayer and then read the Scripture. Let us pray. My Father, my God, we thank you for allowing us to be here tonight, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for your Word. We thank you, Lord God, for its Uh, promises, Lord God, for its uh, truth, Lord God, that it it does not uh, change, Lord God, because you do not change, Lord. We thank you for your spirit that gives us understanding, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that you would uh, lead us tonight through this passage, Lord God, that it would not be me, Lord God, but what you've shown me and, and taught me and laid on my heart, Lord God, that you would grant me a clarity of voice, Lord God, and that your spirit Lord God, would speak to your people tonight, Lord God. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're going to do as we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Exodus chapter 30, uh, beginning in verse 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 10. You shall make an altar on which to burn incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length, a cubit its breadth. It shall be square, and two cubits shall be its height. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns. And you shall make a molding of gold around it. And you shall make two golden rings for it under its molding on two opposite sides 
of it you shall make them, and they shall be holders for poles with which to carry it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You shall put, excuse me, and you shall put it in front of the veil that is above the ark of the testimony, in front of the mercy seat that is above the testimony, where I will meet with you. And Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. Every morning when he dresses the lamps, he shall burn it. And, and when Aaron sets up the lamps at twilight, he shall burn it, a regular incense offering before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer unauthorized incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a grain offering, and you shall not pour a drink offering on it. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. With the blood of the sin offering of atonement, he shall make atonement for it once in a year throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. And then we jump down to verse 34. The Lord said to Moses, Take sweet spices, stacti and anicha and galbanum, sweet spices with pure frankincense, of which they shall be of equal part, and make an incense blended as by the perfumer, seasoned with salt, pure and holy. You shall beat some of it very small and put part of it before the testimony in the tent of meeting where I shall meet with you. I shall be, it, excuse me, it shall be most holy for you. And the incense that you shall make according to its composition, you shall not make for yourselves. It shall be for you holy to the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to use his perfume shall be cut off from his people. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Please be seated. So, I don't know if you noticed at the end, the last few, last two verses or so. Verse 36, God says, it shall be most holy for you. And then in verse 37, it shall be for you holy to the Lord. And again, this incense, symbolic of prayer, right, God is giving to the priests for the people, giving to the people that they would present it to God, that it belongs to God. And that's what prayer is. God has given us prayer to have fellowship with Him, to communicate with Him, and prayer belongs exclusively to God. So that's basically what God has laid on my heart tonight. Again, the whole chapter, Belonging to God. Tonight we're going to look at sweet prayer. Uh, once again, God has given us very specific details this time, they are for the building of the altar of incense. It will be the tallest piece of furniture. Otherwise, it's constructed with the same materials and similar instructions as the Ark of the Testimony. Again, beginning in verse 1. You shall make an altar on which to burn incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length and a cubit its breadth. It shall be square, and two cubits shall be its height. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns, and you shall make a molding of gold around it, and you shall make two golden rings for it. Under its molding, on two opposite sides of it, you shall make them, and they shall be holders for poles with which to carry it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. So again, there you have the blueprint of how to construct it. And then in the next verse, we read, And you shall put... You shall put it in front of the veil that is above the ark of the testimony, in front of the mercy seat that is above the testimony where I will meet with you. So this altar of incense is 
uh, was to be located in the holy place. Not in the Holy of Holies, but outside of it in the holy place. If you remember, we have three parts, right? We have the court, we have the holy place, and then we have the holy of holies. So it would be in the holy place. It was placed directly in front of the Ark of the Covenant where the veil was that separated the Holy of Holies and the holy place. All right? So that's where it would be situated. We read uh, in verse uh, 7 through 9, uh, again, after, after, this is after God's uh, blueprint, so to speak, uh, for the altar of incense. Moses continues with the instructions now of the burning of incense. Again, the instructions given by God. In verse 7, And Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. Every morning when he dresses the lamps, he shall burn it. And when Aaron sets up the lamps at twilight, he shall burn it, a regular incense offering before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer unauthorized incense on it or a burnt offering or a grain offering, and you shall not pour a drink offering on it. So the first thing we have here, again, prayer belongs to God. Prayer is special, all right? So we have here special instructions. And within those special instructions, we see that there is a time, right, that the priest performs these duties. It's, it's every morning, it says, and at twilight. Aaron would go, the high priest would go, and he would trim the lamps. He would take the wick and the part that was charred, burned. He would trim those down so that they would not smoke and burn clean. And he would do that in the morning, and he would do that in the evening, and this, so that this incense would burn all day, and it would burn throughout the night. He would add incense to it, okay? So those, as he trimmed the lamps, he would add incense, and it would just burn continually. Also in these instructions, God says it is, it is to be a regular incense offering. Now, that word regular does not mean ordinary or just, well, this is what we do. It, it means this is customary. This is always, this is something that this is the way it's supposed to happen and only this way. It's not just an ordinary occasion or an ordinary uh, thing that the priest would do, but this was supposed to be the norm. This is how you do it, and this is when you do it. Now, again, in the Scripture, the burning of incense is associated with prayer, and there are two, two parts of Scripture I want to share with you tonight about that. The first one is Revelation 8. Verses 3 and 4, we read, And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. And then Psalm 141, verse 2, we read, David writes, Let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. David's desire is that his prayers would be sweet, they would be pleasing, that God would accept them. He wanted to present his prayers to God in an acceptable way, the way God has prescribed. So we have special instructions, but we also have a special altar. We have a method here. In verse 9, we read, You shall not offer unauthorized incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a grain offering, and you shall not pour a drink offering on it. So the only thing that went on here, obviously, is incense. Nothing else. No other offerings could be made on the altar of incense, or in any other 
manner than how God had prescribed. So again, God has given the incense as the offering. We read, and we'll talk a little bit more about it in a little bit, the recipe, all right, the mixture had to be precise, had to be exactly as God said, and it had to be done at certain times. Okay, so very specific. Anything we do outside of God's prescribed way really is disobedience. Amen? So it's unauthorized. God does not accept it if it's outside of the way He has prescribed, the way we would worship Him, praise Him, and pray to Him. And we, we're all familiar uh, with the passage in Leviticus chapter 10. Uh, again, now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, uh, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they, they died before the Lord. So again, the seriousness. You know, God just doesn't ordain things and prescribe things to, because he's got nothing else better to do. All right? He, he's saying, this is how I want to be worshipped. This is the way you need to worship me. Any, any way outside of this is not acceptable, is really not acceptable. I do not receive it. So, again, the instructions were special. The altar was special. The fire was special. It was special fire. The fire burned the sweet incense that sent up the smoke into the air. Again, the picture of ascending prayers to God. The fire was special also because it could only be taken from one place. I don't think it's going to come up on the screen, but... In Leviticus 16, we're told that the fire could only come from the brazen altar and no other place. It wasn't like the priest kindled a separate fire. God said it had to come from the brazen altar, and that would be taken to the altar of incense, and the incense added to it. So we have special instructions or special fire as instructed by God. And again, the recipe, the mixture, there was a special recipe in verses 34 to 38. The Lord said to Moses, Take sweet spices, stacti and anicha and galbanum, sweet spices with pure frankincense, of each shall there be an equal part. And make an incense blended as by the perfumer, seasoned with salt, pure and holy. You shall beat some of it very small and put part of it before the testimony in the tent of meeting where I shall meet with you. It shall be most holy for you. And the incense that you shall make according to its composition, you shall not make for yourselves. It shall be for you, for you holy to the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to use its perfume shall be cut off from his people. So we have this, this recipe that God gives, this mixture. He says that it will be pure and holy. Now, again, we know holy means set apart unto the Lord. The word pure there means unmixed, genuine. It, Unmixed meaning no, no deviation from this recipe. Nothing is to be added. Nothing is to be subtracted. This is the recipe for the incense. And it's, and it's, and it's, it's genuine. It's, it stands on its own. It's not to be used for anything else. The incense, it says, is not to be used for personal purposes. And if we think of incense rising as prayer, how often are our prayers selfish prayers? How often do we pray for ourselves and not in the proper way? So it's just a reminder that the incense, as prayers, we're really not to use for selfish reasons, for selfish gains, for personal gains. Again, 
Uh, it was to be exclusively to God. Prayer belongs to God the way God has prescribed it. We, we see that here the time, there's a place, there's a method. God has specifically prescribed each one of them. This offering, again, belongs to Him and Him alone. It was given to us, again, it shall be for you holy to the Lord. So it's been, prayer has been given to us. This incense offering has been given to be holy, presented only unto God. Prayer has been given to us that we pray only to God. Prayers are offered, again, only to the Creator. It's how we communicate with God. God commands exclusive prayer, right? Uh, Exodus, going back to Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, You shall not bow down to any of them or serve them, for I, the Lord, am your God, a jealous God. There's only one God, only one God that deserves our prayer, right? No one else. Paul writes this in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, For there is one God, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And that is who intercedes on our behalf today. Amen? This special incense belongs to God alone, only to Him. You couldn't mix some uh, for your house. It says it specifically says not for personal use. I can Im- imagine, hey, I'd like some of this for my, uh, for my house. Wouldn't it be nice if it smelled like the tabernacle? You know, I mean... I mean, the, the incense, was, I'm sure, was also used to mask the smell there that was going on, the sacrifice that were going on, but it was a, a, a pleasing aroma. So again, exclusively for God. In, Ma- in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, uh, Jesus is quoted, you know, pray like this, our Father in heaven. So again, we have the instruction from our Savior to pray to who? To God. Where? In heaven. Only God is deserved of our prayers. Our prayers, as with incense, again, are exclusively and purely for God. But more important than burning the prescribed incense in the prescribed way was that it be done with the proper heart. And that is how our prayers become a sweet-smelling aroma brought before God as He has ordained it. They need to be presented with a pure, with a cleansed, heart. So I just want to summarize a few real quickly. Uh, Leviticus chapter 16 explaining the Day of Atonement. Now the Day of Atonement, though it was one day out of the year, the high priest would actually enter the Holy of Holies twice. First, making atonement for him and his family, and a second time for Israel. First he would sacrifice the bull for him and his family, and then would be the goat. Remember you had the scapegoat, and then you had the goat for the people of Israel. So first, he'd have to make atonement for himself and his family. So first, the bull was offered for the high priest and his house on the brazen altar in the outer court. He'd then have blood collected from the offering in a basin, and he'd take that with him as he took a censer of coals from the altar of incense, and he would pour incense on them once he passed through the veil into the Holy of Holies. Again, it would be placed before the ark and this aroma, this smoke would fill the Holy of Holies. This would produce a cloud that would fill the Holy of Holies. He would lay again the censer before the ark. The priest would then dip his finger all right, 
in the blood and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. Uh, but that's what the priest did. Today, who is our high priest? Jesus is our high priest. Today, Jesus is our high priest who entered by his blood. Aaron most certainly, I'm sure, entered the Holy of Holies, probably fearful as he went in there. Today, we, church, enter the Holy of Holies, as it says in Hebrews 4.16, that we may be that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We enter with boldness. Aaron and the high priest who follow before Christ could enter only once a year to make atonement for their sins. But we have continual access because of Jesus Christ. Amen. J. Vernon McGee says it this way, Christ, our high priest, carried his own blood and the sweet incense of his own intercession into heaven. And he is there at God's right hand. So we have all this furniture. We have these symbolisms. It's not the brazen altar. Uh, on the, uh, it's not the brazen altar or the altar of incense that matters. It's what they represent. It's not the cross or the tree that Jesus was nailed on that matters. It's Jesus that matters. And that's why Peter writes in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, knowing that you were ransomed for the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ, that of the Lamb without blemish or spot. The blood of goats and bulls were not enough. Amen? That's why Peter says that the, the blood of Christ was precious blood. It was a precious blood. And we have the last verse here in uh, Exodus 30 that we're going to look at tonight, verse 10. It says, Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. With the blood of the sin offering of atonement, he shall make atonement for it in the year throughout your generations. It, was, it is most holy to the Lord. So again, this would be before he entered the Holy of Holies, all right? before any prayers can be offered to God. In order for them to be acceptable, sin had to be dealt with. So again, once a year on the Day of Atonement, before entering the Holy of Holies, with the incense, the priest would place blood from the offering on the horns of the altar of incense to cleanse it, that it would be most holy, consecrated to the Lord. But again, he had to make atonement for himself. The blood of bulls cleansed the altar, making the incense offering acceptable to God. But the altar of our heart is where prayers are offered. And that altar needs to be cleansed and pure, and that can only be cleansed and pured, uh, pure, made pure by the blood of Jesus Christ. Again, our heart, again, symbolic with the altar of incense, the prayers needs to be made pure and needs to be atoned for. Our prayers are pure by having a heart set apart for God. Otherwise, God does not honor our prayers. Recorded in Isaiah is God's refusal of Israel's offerings. Because the people lived in disobedience and temple worship became a ritualistic event, a sort of going through the motions or even punching a, a, a ticket, let's say, Isaiah writes this in chapter 1. Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and, and the calling of convocations, I cannot endure iniquity and a solemn assembly. 
My prayer, church, oh, that our prayers not just be a ritualistic thing, that they would, they would not just, you heard the, you've heard the saying, that they wouldn't just go to the ceiling, all right? But that our prayers not be ritualistic, that we not go through the motions, that we would prepare ourselves, prepare our hearts, ask God to search us. It's not, it's not just an automatic thing. We, just like we, I hope that we pray for the Lord's table, you know, uh, that we do once a month. But we should prepare in the same way before we go to the Lord in prayer. And that is with a cleansed heart. We're familiar with the, with the priest, Zechariah, father of John the Baptist. Luke records for us uh, the account of his service in the temple in Luke chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 8. Now, while he was serving as a priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside of the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. When I read this, what's, what's really stuck out to me is that it wasn't, it wasn't the priest that were told that was praying, but who? The people. The people outside were praying. And this is what's referred to later in the book of Acts uh, as, as the hour of prayer uh, while this was going on. The people were offering... Uh, offered their prayers of confession. They were offering their prayers of repentance. I'm sure they were offering their prayers of thanksgiving for the coming uh, Messiah. Again, symbolically, the priest would enter the Holy of Holies and as if he would set those prayers before God. Prayer is not, is, is not to be taken lightly, church. It's not something that the, we as elders, as, as in the leadership in the church, we, we pray for each one of you. We, we intercede for you. But God requires that you pray also, that you come with a pure heart, that, you, that we confess our sin all right, before Him and, and repent and ask for forgiveness. So we have special instructions, special fire, a special recipe, and again, there's, prayers are special. We have special prayers. Prayers are special because they belong to God. The altar of incense, again, prayers going up perpetually, which means that throughout, it says throughout generations, they continue to go to God. It's continual. It's ongoing. That's why that smoke was continually rising. All right? The altar, you know, again, is symbolic of that. John MacArthur in his devotional, Alone with God, writes this. He says it this way. Prayer is to be incessant. We are not heard for our many words, but for the cry of our hearts. The man who came to his friend to ask for bread did not recite some formula request. He pleaded for what he needed. The same is true for the widow. She cried out for the protection from one who had the power to answer her request. Persistent, continual prayer that comes from the innermost part of the being is what moves the heart of our compassionate God. God wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to have communion with us. So those special prayers are how we have special fellowship with God. Right? 
And that happens when we pray. God's desire, we, we find it all throughout Scripture. The one that came to mind was Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. God wants to have communion with you and I. He so desires that. That is why he instituted the tabernacle. God wants to fellowship with you and I in prayer. He wants to fellowship in prayer as we confess our sin and ask for forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive, forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God wants to fellowship with us in prayer as we align ourselves with His will. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future of hope. God is aware of everyone's prayers. But if I, could, if I could say it this way, He's tuned in to His people. He's tuned in to him, His people, and His people are the ones He will answer. Prayer is exclusive to the believer in Jesus Christ. Romans 8.34 says it this way, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, He, he was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Again, Jesus is seated at the right hand. He's not just hanging out. He's interceding for you and I. Now again, prayer is given to the believer, most holy, given, presented to the Lord. All right? But there, it doesn't mean He hears all our prayers. He's not going to honor all of them. There are some exceptions. And the Scripture tells us of those, choosing not to repent, from sin, Proverbs 28, 9. If one turns away his ear from hearing this law, even his prayer is an abomination. Or praying selfishly, James 4, 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Or praying without faith that God can, can do something, something that He's promised, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. And whatever you stand praying, forgive if you have no, anything against anyone so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespassers. We have to purify our heart. We have to confess. And God will answer prayer. When I pray for something outside of His will, 1 John 5.14 tells us then, and, and this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. But if we're asking for anything outside of His will, He does not. When we are in line with God and His will, desiring what He desires, he cannot deny himself, so he will not deny our prayers. John fifteen seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And again, another familiar passage, Psalm thirty seven four. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Because we have a high priest now, because we have Jesus interceding for us. <clears throat> but again, the burning of incense, the tabernacle. The high priest, this was, these are all foreshadowings, right, of what was to come. And the Matthew Henry commentary, I found this about, written about the high priest and, how, and about us. For though he that ministered at the altar could not see the mercy seat, the veil interposing, yet he must, not, he must look towards it and direct his incense that way to teach us that though we cannot with our bodily eyes 
see the throne of grace, that blessed mercy seat, for it is such a throne of glory that God, in compassion to us, holds back the face of it and spreads a cloud upon it. Yet we must in prayer, by faith, set ourselves before it, direct our prayer, and look up. Amen? In faith to God. So again, God's prayer belonging to Him. It is special. This is God's special way to communicate with us. We have a special altar, right? The brazen altar symbolized really the cross. It's where blood was shed. It's where Christ died and shed His blood for you and I. We have special fire or the the mixture, the recipe of the incense on the golden altar of incense. This symbolized the resurrected living and interceding Christ because of where it was situated, right outside the veil. Special prayers, again, consider the, the, the position of this altar, standing before the Lord. It is communion with God. Hebrews 7.25 says, Consequently, He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. And again, all this is for special fellowship. Just as the priest entered the Holy of Holies with the incense, our prayers in and through Christ are accepted by the Father. Hebrews 9.24 For Christ has entered not into holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. God is omniscient, right? He hears everything. He, He hears everything from everyone. But He does not honor all the prayers with the same fatherly concern, if I could say, say it like that. Sin is what separates us from God. Until something is done about that sin, we cannot have fellowship or communion with God in prayer. If, we don't know, if someone doesn't know Christ, that's the first step. Right? We need to know Jesus Christ is our Savior. For those of us that do know Him, we have to come clean. We have to purify ourselves. We have to ask forgiveness of our sin. In the Old Testament, sin was forgiven on the Day of Atonement, right? Once a year. Today, church, uh, our intercessor, amen, the high priest, Jesus Christ, is forever before the Father, which is symbolized by the continual burning of incense. And Hebrews 10, 19 to 23, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. So just as the smoke from the altar of incense symbolized the continual prayers of God's people ascending to his ears. Paul writes how our prayers are to be also continual in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So church, again, prayer was given to us. It is most holy to be given to God. It is our communication with Him. It is our fellowship with Him. It's something that God's impressed on my heart, and I hope yours too, and especially as Pastor continues in his series, you know, that it, 
It is vital. It's something that I'm lacking. Maybe some of you are lacking. So I'm looking forward to be challenged, uh, sir, with your, with your series because it is, it is, it's serious business. Prayer is serious business, and it's how we commune with our Lord. Let's pray. My Father, my God, we are so blessed, Father, that we can come before you, Lord God, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. We have access to you, Lord God, at all times. It is amazing how you hear each one of us, Lord God. Nothing escapes you, Lord. Father, we pray for your will in our lives. I, I, I pray that we would pray for your forgiveness, Lord God, that we would repent of our sin, Lord God, that we would align ourselves with your will, that we would seek you, Lord God, to meet our needs, Lord God. Lord God, may we not take this great privilege that you have given to us, may we not take it for granted, May we not neglect sweet prayer, Lord God, that ascends to your ears, Lord God. Father, may we not despise the work of Christ by not doing it in the prescribed way. Father, may we not neglect prayer, dear Lord. Father, because if we do, we can expect nothing to go well in our service to you, Lord God, at least that you would find acceptable. So Lord, forgive me, forgive us, Lord God, for the times that we take you for granted and that we take this privilege for granted because that's what it is. And help help us, strengthen us, Lord God. May we be more mindful, alert, sensitive, Lord God, to, um, to come before you in a manner that you are worthy, in a manner that you have prescribed, Lord God that we come to you with a pure heart, Lord God, seeking your will for our life, that you would get all the honor and glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I feel like I've said this the last month. As a teacher, I don't envy the people that have to do these passages because sometimes they're, they're very tough passages, but... I'm so thankful for the teachers that we do have that are diligent in their studies and honoring God with their prayer and devotion to studying the word. So thank you, Brother Lend. Um, definitely very grateful. I ask that we stand. We're going to sing two songs. We're going to sing a short chorus of my tribute on page 54. And then we're going to go to 56, to God be the glory. All righty. So 54... We're going to sing and then go right to God be the glory, and then we'll sing uh, all three verses. To God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory. 
for the things he has done. With his blood he has saved me. With his power he has raised me. To God be the glory for the things he has done. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life and atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. O perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus apart and receives Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Great things he hath taught us, great things he hath done, and great our rejoice through Jesus the Son, but purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Let's see if I could actually do the doxology this week. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.
Amen. A little higher than usual, but praise God either way. Amen.